All right, all right. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome. Welcome to the Taz Show. Uh, It's great to have you guys downloading this episode, as usual. I appreciate that. You're doing that at radio.com on the app or on the uh, website. Or maybe you're downloading at TazShow.com or Apple Podcasts. No matter which way you're doing it, you know I appreciate that. Tell you guys all the time, I appreciate all the uh, previous downloads also. So, got a little Taz Hall number four coming at you guys so we're just getting rolling here the past several weeks with these taz halls and if you're new to downloading um you know my content the taz show (laughs) when i do these here these uh gimmicks these taz halls it's basically we put out there on instagram and on facebook so uh, instagram is taz talk t-a-z-t-a-l-k or uh facebook.com slash the taz show and basically what we put out on there is you know Ask your questions. Taz or me, that means ask questions. It's a glorified TNA, uh, Q&A, I should say. I'm going to talk about TNA in a second, not, not TNA, Q&A. Uh, so it's a glorified uh, Q&A. That's really, I just, it's just amped up. We put a fancy fucking name on it, to be honest with you. Uh, that's really all it is. But no, it's all good. It's just a good way for me to interact with the We Over Nation, So, uh, which is always uh, a blast because, you know, I'm a people person. I love to interact with people. That's my style. Um, I love people. Kind of. So uh, that's the thing uh, with me. Um, other thing I wanted to say, I'm trying to remember if I should say that. I'm try- not trying to remember. I'm trying to think if I should say this or not uh, about uh, this big show that's coming up that I don't know if I'm involved with. Well, let me just read something. I just saw something on PW Insider. Smackdown 1000 updates. Uh, this is as of the weekend. Um Despite uh, being advertised previously on WWE.com, the cutting-edge segment with WWE uh, Hall of Famer Edge uh, has been removed from the lineup. Interesting. The Capital One Center in D.C. This is, again, I'm reading this uh, from PW Insider. Paul Jordan posted this. The la-la-la-la, the Capital One Center in D.C., that's the big building. Well, it says right here, the venue for SmackDown 1000 has the following advertised card. WWE Champion AJ Styles, comma, Daniel Bryan versus Samoa Joe and The Miz, okay? Charlotte Flair, Asuka, and Naomi versus Women's Champion Becky Lynch and the Iconics. Sounds good. WWE advertised on television the Rey Mysterio will go one-on-one with Shinsuke Nakamura in the WWE World Cup qualifying match. So I'll talk about that match in a second and thoughts going into that match. Along with Evolution Reunion, <laughs> tremendous, Undertaker, Michelle McCool, and Vicky Guerrero appearing, Teddy Long and Tori Wilson are also being advertised for, for uh, Tuesday's show. Okay, awesome. That's great. Uh, so WWE advertised uh, on television, as I just read from PW Insider, Ray Mysterio is going to go one-on-one with Nakamura. Um, tough goings there for Nakamura. Uh, he will not win. 
<laughs> so he will not win that match. Rey Mysterio will win that match. You're not going to re-debut, uh, you know, a star like Rey Mysterio and have him uh, do the J-O-B to a current star. It, unfortunate for the current star in Nakamura, uh, who I think would be outstanding in the World Cup, um, as would Ray. But um, my thoughts, I, I'm hear this, I did not hear this from anyone. I don't think that uh, Nakamura will win the match. I think Ray will win the match. Just my thoughts and opinions on that. Uh, so I wanted to hit upon that and uh, some of those updates uh, over the weekend, late in the weekend, about SmackDown 1000 this Tuesday in uh, Washington, D.C. I know what a lot of people are thinking. I know what you're thinking. Uh, I, I guarantee you I know what you're thinking. It's basically, is it going to be cold on the Northeast on Tuesday? No, I'm joking. I'm being sarcastic. Um, <laughs> you're thinking if I'm going to be there at the gimmick. Um, yeah. Um, right. All right. So <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm being honest. So, um, all right, we're going to get into Taz Hall in, here in a second, as you guys know. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Uh, what you, you all, uh, first of all, before anything else, let me tell you about my good friends over at Rocket Mortgage, right? Quick Loans. See, the Taz Show is supported by Rocket Mortgage, right? Quick Loans. And you know the deal, yo, here. They're introducing their all new Rate Shield approval. If you're in the market to buy a home, Quick Loans will lock your rate. Lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. What happened to our fancy music? I'm a little confused. What? What? Oh, oh, I see what we're doing. Okay, so we're going to play that now. Gee whiz. What are we doing? Playing games here? All right, so I was talking about Rocket Mortgage by Quicker Loans. See, if you're in the market to buy a home, Quicker Loans will lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop, I'm getting ripped here with the music. Um, <laughs> to get started, go to Rocket Mortgage by Quicken. I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. Go to RocketMortgage.com slash Taz. That's RocketMortgage.com slash Taz. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply based on Quicken Loans data in comparison to public data records, equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, NMLSConsumerAccess.org, number 3030. Again, that's RocketMortgage.com slash TAZ. The all-new rate shield approval. So by Quick and Rocket Mortgage by Quick and Loan. So that's actually uh, good stuff right there. So as you know, love them. Love them, love them, love them. So, uh, oh, la, 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 la. We're going to get into, I'm trying to think if there's anything. I feel like there's something else. I didn't write it on my cheat sheet. Um, there was something else. I, it'll come to me during the broadcast here. Uh, that I wanted to um, talk about. So we'll get into a little Taz Hall uh, right now. So uh, um, well, we pulled some uh, some stuff from Facebook and from Instagram, as you said, as I said, I should say. So uh, here we go. Stephen Va- Stephen Von Hachi. Okay, this is on Facebook. Said we see different training facilities for up and coming wrestlers, but where do officials, referees? get their training and what other responsibilities do referees have other than maintaining the rules all right so there's a lot of um a lot of different opportunities for referees to get involved in a storyline or in a match as you guys know um so most wrestling schools uh will train rest uh, will train referees i mean um there's a lot involved with training ref, ref, uh, referees and and uh, i know where i broke in many years ago under johnny Roz, there was a referee getting trained 
So because you do need to know how to fall, you know, bump, you do need that. Um, you also need to know uh, for TV, when you are a referee, it's a very big deal to make a cup. So it's like kind of like um, if you, when I say cup, it's like you make a half, almost like a semicircle where you, you never cross in front. Good, you know, you'll never see it in WWE where a referee, unless there's an emergency in the ring, will really cross in front of the hard camera. So that cup, that opening is where the hard camera shoots. And they have to be extremely cognizant of where the cameras are, the referees stand. That's a big, big deal. Um, you know, now that's why, to me, if you really have a goal to be a referee, you want to go to a school. Um, well, if you have the opportunity to go into the WWE Performance Center, that'd be probably the best place or, or any other wrestling promotion because these are promotions that are maybe shooting TV. So they know what, what and how they want their referees to be shot or not shot on camera during the action. So that's very important. But um, other responsibilities referees have, to answer the second party question, uh, basically is the higher you go into the business, you know, referees have a very big responsibility on a, uh, and are a, um, a huge part of the success of a, of a big match. Uh, they have communication to the bosses, to the truck, to everything. Now, they can't talk back to them, obviously, because they're referring, but they have an IFB. Uh, you know, a lot of people know this. This little ear thing. It's called an IFB in their ear. And basically, um, you know, if the match is running too long or too short or whatever, you, they get direction. And then the referee has to be slick enough and creative enough to get that message to either both wrestlers or one of the wrestlers. Um I don't want to sit here and say, like, my time wrestling everywhere, I've never had, and I've wrestled a lot of TV, not just WWE, I've never had a ref micromanage me, meaning that he was being micromanaged during my match. Um, direction, yeah. You know, uh, uh, you know, just as far as how, how much time has elapsed in a match, stuff like that is important to know. Um, the more experience you get as a wrestler, you kind of have a built-in clock where, you know, you don't need to be told. You know what I mean? You, you kind of just have it. You're usually pretty good that, you know, you know, it's kind of weird. Um, so I guess it's like a quarterback that that has the play clock. Sometimes they don't have to look at it. They could feel when that's going to happen. So anyway, um, yeah, the referees have a big part of that. And a lot of times they are a part of, you know, either getting distracted the right way in the finish, the finish of the match. If there's a screw job, you know, fuck over finish or something like that, they got to be involved with that somehow. Um you know, so they got it. You got to know what you're doing. I mean, the the real, you know, refs that make money, you know, are working hard. They have a lot, and they get no hype. They get no attention. They get no love. Even in WWE, I talked about this a long time ago on the Taz show here. Um, you know, <laughs> they don't. Um, they didn't want us to even say these guys' names anymore. I don't think if you listen to any of the WWE announcers, they don't really say any referees' names anymore. Back in the day, you would hear that. You'd hear Billy Caputo's name or, or you know, um, Dick Worley, even going way back. You know, or, you know, you would hear uh, uh, Mike's name. You, know, you, you would hear guys' names that were refs. You'd get to know, you know, uh, you would get to know, like, you would get to know Charles Robinson. I'm trying to think a lot, you know, you, you would get to know these refs as a fan if you're watching because you'd hear their name, their names. Um, it, they wanted that to stop. I would say, shit, I'm bad with years, but it was probably as announcers, they told us it was probably around two, 
2005, six, something like that. I'm trying probably six, somewhere around there. I could be wrong on that date where they wanted to veer away from that. Not ID the referee by name. It's like, you know, the referees don't draw. They're not the stars, the, the talent of the stars and blah, blah, blah. So um, it's tough. It's tough because you can't make it personal. You can't like, you know, you're watching the NFL and you hear these referees names get called. They, they give a list of the referees names during before the game. You know, it's same with baseball with umpires and with, with hoops. It's the same thing. All right, so thanks, thanks for the question uh, very much. Uh, I appreciate that. Hey, uh, we got a Facebook law, a Facebook, a Facebook. Uh, I used to do Facebook live all the time. Facebook, uh, another Facebook question. Wes Gore, do you think the Saudi show will still go ahead, and do you think the current issue could impact their ten-year deal? Okay, I know a lot of people uh, have asked this question to me either on Twitter or something like that, and. Um, and it's a very good question, and I understand. And I know WWE put out a public statement when when it kind of asked, and it was basically, um, you know, we're, we're invo- well, I'm paraphrasing, we're we're looking into the situation after what we saw what happened with with the you know American Reporter. Um, okay, so uh, I I personally don't think the WWE show will get canceled. The the big the big show that they're doing there in Saudi Arabia, I don't. Um, and if if you like do research there are you know tons of powerful american companies that do business uh out there every day and make millions of dollars uh you know so from uh from gatorade to chevrolet to mcdonald's or everywhere there to starbucks nike it's it's there so i i don't think it would be i don't think it's gonna happen i don't think you're gonna hold any of any american business including WWE, that where they can't put this show on, where it's going to be frowned upon or what have you. I just don't. I understand it's a little different because it's a live event. It, it's it really it's just drawing people different than these big brands that are making money there. But I just said it. You're making money. It's about making money with that country and, you know, and the United States co- brand, their company. So I, I don't. I do think this show will go on. Now, maybe by the time this is, maybe there's something happened or news that this show's not going to happen. But as I record this right now with you guys, I I, I think the show will happen, uh, in my opinion. You know, because, and and I get it. Um, um, you know, it, it's, I, I don't get to po- politics on here, as you guys know, and you guys get enough of that if you want on TV. So, and the radio, I don't, I'm not going to do that here. I'm, I'm your escape for your wrestling info. Uh, and wrestling uh, opinions and and stuff like that. Um, we got here Lou Morales. I have no question, Taz, but thanks for figuring out a way to have the We Over Nation interact with you. Hashtag RTG. Hashtag We Over. Thank you, RTG. For those that know, is running the game, bitches. That's right. That was nice for him to say that. Uh, what else we gonna go? We'll get to some Instagram questions here in a second too. Um, here we go. Uh, Ignacio Vasquez says, "Do you think WWE?" are doing too many pay-per-views now, and how long do you think Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles' title feud will last? All right, well, that second question is tough to answer. I think it'll go for some time uh, as far as the Bryan, AJ. But the other thing is more interesting to me, to be frank, that the WWE doing too many pay-per-views now. Uh, yeah, I do. I think WWE is doing a lot of programming, like tons, and it's just a lot, and it's just and, and it's not slowing down. Um, yeah, you're getting, uh, you're getting tons and tons of content for your 10 bucks on a network and that's great. But if you don't, if you can't afford the network, you don't have the network, you know, it's a little tough goings there. 
You know what I mean? If you think about it, like, you know, now if your kids or you want to watch, or you, you know, a pay-per-view, you got to, there's a lot of them and you don't want to buy the network. You, you got to pay for these pay-per-views. It's, t- it's just tough. It's just, it's a lot. I just think it's, uh, it's just a heavy oversaturation. Uh, and I've, I've talked about this a while back and I just think it's getting worse. It's just a lot of programming everywhere. Um, it really is. Uh, I, I, I just, I just, you know, I mean, whatever they're making money, obviously. So hopefully the talent's making money too. Um, you know, so, all right. Thanks for the question. Matt White, again, Facebook, Conor McGregor signs with WWE. How do you book him? Would you send him to SmackDown since it will be a fo- be on Fox eventually? Uh, ratings? Question mark. Um, I, I, I honestly, I don't think it's about Fox in my opinion. Just my thoughts about Conor McGregor uh, with WWE. I don't, honestly, I don't think, I'm not saying it wouldn't be somewhat of a draw. I feel like this was a, a conversation two to three years ago, you know. So I feel like kind of things are evolving and people are moving on, and um, you know, he just just tapped out, and you know, and 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 that was a big time thing. Uh, what could be even him and controversy, the big fight afterwards, and all this jazz, and uh, you know, in the ring and that, and outside the ring and the, the, the cage. I mean, all this shit. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that that, he, that it wouldn't happen, but I, I, and how would I book him? It's tough to book them. You, you can't book them with your a lot of your bigger guys, your regular roster. It's difficult to do that. Two hundred five gimmicks not over enough. He would be a gigantic star, too big for that thing. Um, you would say, well, it would help the two hundred five. Eh, no, nah, I think that if they do sign him, he's going to get make big money, and they're going to want that investment to flourish, not on NXT and not on two hundred five. They're going to want to flourish, you know, on either SmackDown or Raw. Um, so, how would I book him? I, you know. I don't know. I, 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 my first thought, just spitballing and shit, you know, is I'd book him as a mouthpiece. I wouldn't book him as a wrestler. I'd train him, and while he's getting trained to learn how to do this, um, I would book him as a, you know, general manager or a manager and have him be a heel and just have him talk a ton of shit about everybody and ha- shit, have him manage Oscar, you know, and, and have him manage Oscar and be her mouthpiece for forever. And then uh, something happens, and I'd wait. I'd wait about seven, eight, nine months before you even have him get bumped or something and then have, a, have him have a match. I would, and then eventually you'd have him veer off of being a manager while he's training. But in the interim, I'd have him be a mouthpiece either for someone or for a brand, either like a general manager type thing, like I said, on one of the big brands. Um, that's how I'd book him. I, I think that could be pretty good. Um, I just feel like, you know, we've had this discussion as a wrestling community uh, quite some time ago about uh, Mr. McGregor. So I still think there's some money in him, but I think the longer, I don't know, it just, it just feels like I was talking about this a few years back, you know, with, with him potentially doing that, and you guys were wondering too on him. Um, you know, so Sean Gaber, Garber, uh, with Bobby Lashley turning heel, do you think they will give him a legit push like he had uh, in Impact? All right, good question, Sean. I do. Yeah, I do. I think this helps him. Big time. Um, I do. I think it helps him big time, the heel turn. Um, I mean, like I said, I talked when I think when Mike Johnson was on with myself, I talked a lot and, and uh, we talked and I just feel like, like with the manager, you know, I, I think he's good with him. I do. Um, it's better than I thought it'd be. Um, he's a, you know, that guy is a, a, He's a very um, 
not Bobby. I'm, I'm talking about his manager. He's very, I'm trying to just think out loud here. He's a very uh, uh, over the top character, which is good. I'm not, that's not a, a, a bad thing. It's, it's, he's, he is, he's a, he's an over, where Bobby is a little different. Bobby is all impact in the ring. You know, he's, you know, Bobby's promo work isn't the best. You know, he works on it and he tries to be as real as possible. I know he cares about it. Where, and it's good to have a manager. Like, if you look at Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar, for example, okay, yeah, Paul's a big time, huge character and, and a big, big voice and all this jazz and is amazing. There's no doubt he's the best talker in the game. And we know that. Brock, his personality, like the actual personality part, I think comes across on TV a little bit bigger than, than Bobby's. And I'm, you know, I'm not knocking Bobby. I love Bobby, but he's my friend. But I'm just being real. Uh, so I do think you got to watch um, if you pair him up with someone that maybe is a little too much, so much more of a explosive personality and a high end personality higher than he is. You know that that's my point. Um, I, as far as the push. And again, that's not me knocking Leo Rush at all. I, and I, it's not that's not the case in one iota. Um, I, I think he does an excellent job. I do. Um, I, I just I don't know. I just I just feel like how do I, like Bobby could Bobby's going to get over just by the way he looks and the way he works. You know what I mean? He is. He is. He's just going to get over the way he looks and the way he works. But i i feel like the little guy big guy, guy thing I, I mean sometimes i watch i like it sometimes i don't <laughs> i don't know you know what i mean it, it's just weird I, I i i'm so i'm still a little bit you know like on the fence with it a little bit you know what i mean i i am um they're pushing it and they're pushing bobby and i think that's big and i think that's good uh, so i i'm a little on the fence with leo and him but i sometimes i like it sometimes i don't that's why i can tell you i'm a little bit on the fence with it but the push i think is great and i think the push can lead to him, meaning Bobby Lashley, um, getting a major world championship. You know, I think that can. He can carry it from the way he works and the way he looks. I think WWE has faith in him in regards to that. So um, so that's the deal. Um, so I appreciate the question on that. Uh, we will go to, oh, one last one. Durf Esrick, last one I mean on Facebook. Who did KO piss off? Kevin Owens he's talking about. That's uh, interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I know he's got a knee. A knee. I know he's going to have a scope, I believe, on it soon. So that's that's part of it. But he his push did decline. I mean, I understand the knee thing, but his push did decline. So um, we'll see what happens when he comes back. I think sometimes that's a good way it happened to me when you come back from an injury. I tore a bicep. I came back and I kind of got a little bit of a better push and a re, re, reinvigorated my push. So that could happen. Um, that could definitely happen, you know, and I hope it does for him. He's, I think he's an excellent talent, a special talent, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, Kevin Owens, but, um, you know, he's got to get that knee taken care of. He's a big boy. So the rehab might not take too long, but it's going to take some time. So, you know, um, and I, I do think you'll see him. They'll do something else. Him. I don't know what they would do with him. They've done a lot with him. They pushed him hard. Then they slowed down and they, you know, it's so, uh, maybe he told him is my knees an issue and uh, you know what I mean? Like it's so I got to get this thing fixed and then they slow down his push a little bit. That could happen. Um, so, you know, we'll see. But um, but, you know, what? I, I wish nothing but the best for him for sure. And hopefully they figure it out uh, with, with him, you know, so that's the deal. 
All right, so we're going to go to break. On the side of break, we'll get into some Instagram uh, Taz Hall. We got some stuff on Instagram. A lot of you fans sent some stuff in. Uh, so we'll, we'll hit up on a lot. There's a lot, actually, from Instagram. So we'll get into some of those cool things. Sit tight. Taz Show. Be right back. All right, Haas, we're back here on the Taz Show. So we're doing a little Taz Hall, Taz Hall number four, Q&A Jones, basically. We're going to get into some questions from the IG, Taz Talk, Instagram, where we were covering the Facebook questions. So now we will uh, get into that. So we got Jordan Walker. That's underscore Jordan Walker, I should say. Uh, He says, hey, Taz, huge fan. I have a short two-part question. What was your favorite part of being a commentator as opposed to a wrestler? And did you enjoy calling one company's matches over another? Keep being the best in the game. Thumbs up. Thank you, Jordan. Appreciate the kind words very much. My man. Uh, all right. Yeah. So cool question. I like it. Um, first part of your question is, uh, what was your favorite part of being a color? My favorite part about being a color commentator as opposed to being a wrestler. A lot. A lot of things. I enjoyed uh my main thing would be narrating moves narrating what guys or girls are doing in the ring and and the wrestling end of it like and breaking down how important body control is and how important uh your grip is and and wrist control and leverage and um you know a lot of people think that i was more into you know cracking a joke here and there or being a wise ass and sarcastic and sunglasses and all this shit and Brooklyn Jones and all this shit I, That wasn't it for me The main thing for me was I really enjoyed And I didn't get the chance to do it as much as I wanted to at times But I really enjoyed doing that I loved breaking down Literally breaking down the physicality of What I was watching And I was not really ever told What was going to happen or what not I remember asking Vince if he was okay with me doing that And he's like yeah Just don't overdo it we, You know, I don't want it to feel like we're watching You know uh, you know, a collegiate wrestling match, and there's a commentator talking about it. We're entertainment, and I understood what he meant, and he was cool about it, and it was good, you know, good uh, good uh, advice by Vince, of course, being your fucking boss, too. You know, that helps. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, that was one of my favorite things um, about being a commentator. And also, to be really frank, <clears throat> it was the, the schedule. I mean, I had a lot easier schedule, and that's why, I, you know, I was able to do it later in my career and later in my, you know, age in my career. So I was I was able to be home a little bit more as opposed to being on the road so much. Um, yeah. You look at it on TV like, ah, well, yeah, you were whatever on SmackDown for you know all this time and you were working one day a week. Well, <clears throat> I was working on camera one day a week, you know, so <laughs> but. I was traveling, uh, which you didn't, I usually, you know, sometimes I would travel in day of, but a lot of times it was the day before. And not only that, I had to go to the studio on Wednesday and do a lot of voiceover work and, and, and then start prepping on Friday. So, yeah, I would have a few more days, a couple more days off during the week than when I was wrestling. But no matter what, I just wasn't in a hotel and a rental car as much as I used to be. So for that, I really enjoyed um, being a commentator as opposed to wrestler. As far as uh, companies that I enjoyed matches over another, look, honestly, um, I had the opportunity to call so many great matches in, in WWE and several different brands, not just SmackDown, you know, uh, uh, TNA. I, I got to tell you, I really enjoyed my time as a commentator more. I didn't think that would happen. Um, 
uh, you know, and I loved working with Michael Cole. I loved working with, with my boy Joey Styles, Jr. All those guys, uh, you know, Grisham, everybody, you know. Uh, uh, and I loved working with Mike Tanay and TNA. I mean, I did. But the main thing it's not that I liked Mike over those guys or Cole over Mike Tanay. It wasn't like that. Uh, they were all great. I mean, I, I'm not trying to fucking bullshit. I'm being honest. Um, but my time at TNA, what I liked about it most as a commentator, you had a little bit more freedom. You weren't micromanaged as much. Um, you were given some direction. Hey, be a little more comical in this match if you don't mind. Hey, you know, yeah, just just uh, have this slant go this direction. You know what I mean? Um, that that was that that helps your creativity, allows you to be creative and do your thing, and you know what I mean. So, yeah, I, I, I so I'd have to say as a commentator, I enjoyed it more in TNA as, as far as performing. You know what I mean? So that's the deal. Uh, Harry Rich underscore nutrition. Okay. Uh, can we bring back some E5L? Uh, if you were to manage any of today's talent, who would you want to manage? First of all, fucking E5L. It happens all the time. Uh, you know, E5L, for those that don't know, was Explicit 5 Live. So it was, it was like the fifth segment of the Daily Taz show where we were just cursing like fucking banshees. Now I'm cursing a lot. On the pod, the pod's explicit. Okay, you don't want kids listening to this shit. So uh, yeah, I feel like the whole thing's an E5L. I mean, I should call the podcast E5L. Let's be honest. You know what I'm saying? Uh, who would I want to manage? Well, gee whiz, now that's a tough one. Uh, there's a, a lot of um, excellent talent in the business today. Um, honestly, off the top of my head, it would not be. Um, it it would not be. Um, a WWE talent. Uh, it wouldn't. It'd be a guy named Jeff Cobb. That's who I'd want to manage. Um, and Jeff, um, you know, worked for you know work, uh, was worked for a long time uh, in, for Lucha Underground under a hood Matanza. He is a tremendous, tremendous uh, amateur background. Um, really, a real deal. I mean, uh, had him on a Taz show. Um, you know, he's just tremendous in the ring. Never actually physically met him. Um, works for PWG, uh, New Japan up until now, too. Progress Wrestling, ROH. Uh, you know, he's just, I feel like his style is very similar to the stuff that I did. And him and I talked a lot about that when he was on the Taz show. Actually, we had him on Facebook Live, I believe. Um, so Jeff Cobb would be a guy that I'd want to manage. Um, if I were to manage and truth be told, I don't know if I ever said this publicly, but I'm going to say it now because I don't give a shit about that. I was approached a while back before Jeff Cobb and the Matanza gimmick even came on Lucha Underground by Lucha Underground to potentially manage him. So that's the truth. So I will not name names. I will just leave it at that. And it just didn't work out with my schedule. I was doing to, to you know, fly out to the West Coast while I'm here in New York. So it was difficult. I didn't know who Jeff was then. He wasn't, like I said, he, a lot of people didn't know him then. It's before he debuted. And then I did my research on him. I'm like, oh, wow, this guy's fucking got a legitimate background. He's tremendous. Uh, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's just uh, I, that's a guy that I just think that I could probably do a pretty good job if I was managing. Um, and also, uh, what we mentioned earlier, if I was going to manage WWE guy just for shits and giggles, I know you didn't ask that question um harry rich underscore nutrition if that is your real name 
Um, but uh, I, I mentioned Bobby Lashley before. I mean, Bobby's a guy that I definitely I've thought about a lot in my head. I've been I was approached by you know yeah not with WWE but TNA and you know just to I just think that I, I could have a good gel with Bobby if I was managing him. Uh, it's tough, guys, for, with my schedule to do that. Like I have two shows that, that I'm responsible for. That's two jobs. This podcast is a full time job. It's just three days a week, okay? And it's not a guest driven thing. I mean, I have guests on lately, but it's not guest driven. And my daily show my, that I co-host with Mark Belusis, Taz and the Moose, covering sports, as you guys know on CBS Sports Radio, every fucking morning. That's a full time gig, so it's tough. I can't just get on a plane and go work and go and go be in the wrestling business. I I love what I do right now. I just can't do that um, unless it was an offer that I couldn't turn down, you know, which you're not going to get. It's business to me. I'm sorry if that offends anyone. I apologize, but it's about money. It's just that's how it is. That's, you know, and that's how I've always looked at wrestling. I mean, I love it. I'm passionate about it. I'm pride filled of it, but it's about money. It's about as much money as you got to, well, you're money hungry. You got to sell out. Oh, yeah, fuck. I got bills like you got bills, right? <laughs> so you got to make money. So I got to make the most money I can. And you're not going to maximize money if you're not in a ring bumping in the wrestling business. You, if you're an announcer, you're not going to make as much, much as a wrestler, and you shouldn't. If you're, if you're a, a manager, you're not going to make as, enough, uh, as much as a wrestler, and you shouldn't. Uh, you know, and I'm fucking 51 years old. I'm not getting a ring bumping. I haven't bumped in years and I have no desire to bump. So those days are gone. Done. Uh, I like walking. And if I, I could run the risk of that problem happening, not be able to walk if I stop bumping at 51 and when, when I was 41. So no, I'm not fucking around with that. So I'm getting all hot for no reason. So, um, <laughs> all right. So back to IG, Taz Talk, Instagram, Steve. Sassononi, uh, do you see the potential of WWE starting its own women's wrestling TV show on the network? Good question. Yeah, I definitely see potential for that. They have enough talent. They're going to fix and go into the Evolution pay-per-view, the all-women's event uh, on Long Island at the Nassau Coliseum soon. Uh, so they have, uh, with all the May Young Classics and stuff, they, they, they do a huge, huge amount of business with female wrestling. They have the talent. That's the key. And they obviously have the platform. And they, yeah, they can. Uh, do I see it happen? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. Um, I, I think right now, WWE is close to, I mean, I don't know the exact number. I have to do the math in my head. They might be close to, you know, nine hours a week of programming, which is a lot. And then you had, let's say, another hour with a female show, which I think would be great. And I do think it will happen. Um, but it, you know, it gets to a point where, it's a lot of programming. It's a lot to pull into your life, uh, to dedicate that much wrestling to your life. You know what I mean? It really is. Um, so actually, perfect segue as I'm reading here. Uh, another question on IG. The Rock is back. Oh, that's my man. You remember guys remember? Oh, this dude, Rocky Patel. Old school Tasho fan. Used to call in stuff. What's up, Rocky Patel? Anyway, he says, with the, uh, with the NXT UK starting this Wednesday, do you think NXT brand will become diluted? Also, how do you feel this will impact the fan experience? It will add another hour of progress, to my point. It will add another hour of program to consume in an era where there already is seven to eight hours. Okay, so I was a little bit off. Seven to eight hours of original programming already per week across USA and WWE networks. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, well, 
see that's the thing right there you know it is it's there's a like i was just saying and and rocky just said it himself um it's a lot it's just a lot to pull in it's a lot to consume and i know most of you guys are diehard wrestling fans and you're like i want more give me more i want more bring it on more wrestling it's fucking great i got it and i think that's awesome seriously but you got to understand, like, they're not, and I've talked about this a lot, and I'll say it till the day I die, WWE, for the most part, their goal is not to um, market or placate or zone and attack you and give you what you want, meaning you, the hardcore fan. What they want is they want the casual fan, and the thing is, the casual fan is not going to fucking invest eight, nine hours of wrestling a week. Um, and you know what? Frankly, WWE probably don't give a shit. If they're dedicating anything, as those that are buying that dang network, that's all they care about, right? I mean, I would if I was them from a business perspective. But, you know, uh, so at the end of the day, I'm thinking about it now. As I'm thinking out loud. I'm talking myself out of why would I complain um, that WWE has too much programming? If you're going to, if it's all, let's say, in that, uh, on that WWE network, then what's the big deal, right? You're getting it for your 10 bucks, you're getting more and more and more you know pounds of baloney you know 10 12 pounds of baloney in a three pound bag um so yeah i don't know i mean i i just think about if i really want to stay like i'm just saying when i say me i'm saying people in general if you really want to stay involved and you really want to stay on top of storylines and you really want to support it and be involved in watching and and being dialed in and locked in and all this shit i mean seriously like how can you how can you stay on top of everything if it's that much programming it's just like too much you know for you to it's just too much it's it's too much for most people if you have a job like <laughs> or you have other stuff you want to watch on tv or netflix or whatever you know what i mean like so i don't know i i think they got to figure it out i'm sure it's a talking point for them behind the scenes and it should be um I don't know. I think it's a big deal. So I believe at 3 p.m. Eastern, the NXT UK is going to have its first episode, and uh, they're going to have Pete Dunne right there wrestling, uh, defending the UK title against uh, Noam Dar. So um, Noam Dar, Noam Dar, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, so I, I do think it could water stuff down. But on the flip side, Rocky, uh, as far as if you're in the Eastern time zone, that's 3 p.m. where – um, you know, that that's going to come out as new programming. And then a few hours later on that same day, Wednesday, you're going to at 8 p.m. Eastern, you're going to have the regular NXT show. So to answer the question I did in long form here, Rocky, is it diluted a little bit? Um, yes, but being that's not back to back and there's some gap hours in between, I think it's okay. But at the end of the day, it's just way too much WWE programming for me. I can't watch it all. I, I I love the 205 live. I haven't really watched it. I got that's why I don't talk about it. I haven't really seen it. It's tough to watch full Raw and SmackDown. Let's be honest, dude. There's a lot. There's a lot of programming. And for fans that love it and you want more, give me more, give me more, give me more, give me more. That's great. I'm happy for you. That's awesome. Seriously. That's awesome. But for the casual fan or the bulk fans, it's probably too much. They're not watching everything. You know, they're not. So, but again, you can't knock WWE for what they're giving you for that that 10 bucks. And good luck to anybody else that does subscription-based programming or anything involved wrestling, because you got to compete with that shit, homeboys and homegirls. So good luck. Because <laughs> you're not. It's too much fucking bang for your buck, in my opinion. Guys, look, I appreciate all the questions on Facebook and on IG. I'm Taz, you're not. Thanks for the love. I'll be at you a couple more times this week. See ya.
honest, I don't even have a top 10. Me against the world, I've been doing what I really love. Haters been hiding behind the screen, man, they movie cuts. And when I'm back at home, it never feels the same.